Before the break, we were talking about minority governments in uh, Canada and how they're sort of becoming a trend. There's been five of them in the last 17 years. Five minority governments uh, and uh, back to back now for Justin Trudeau. So what does that mean? Well, we've seen them play out to the benefit of Canadians and other times it's just gridlock. They can go very well. They can go very poorly. Uh, It all depends. So let's get some perspective on what minority governments mean and uh, typically how they've played out in our country. We're going to chat with Alex Marlin now, who's a professor of political science at Memorial University in Newfoundland. Good morning, Alex. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hi, thanks for having me on the program. Yeah, so historically, minority governments have been seen as a good thing, and I guess the, the reasoning behind that is because it kind of puts limits on the government, right? They don't have the ability to do whatever they want to do because they have the supermajority. Yeah, and it, I mean, it sounds great, too, because what it does is it says, you know, the governing party has no choice but to negotiate and work with the other parties. So who wouldn't like that? I mean, the spirit of teamwork in a democracy, of course, it's, it's rarely as, as nice and cut and dry as that. Right, exactly. I mean, in theory, it works out well. But when we take a look at past governments, and like I say, there's been five of them in the last 15 years in Canada, it seems to be a bit of a trend. Uh, we see how it can sometimes lead to things grinding to a halt with often the proroguing of parliament. Yeah, um, but I mean, there's a lot of bickering, there's a lot of arguing, there's a lot of deal-making, um, and then one of the things is there's a lot of brinksmanship. So th- we'll hear a lot in the in the next year or so about, you know, is there going to be an election? Is the government going to fall on this? Yeah. Uh, because what happens is there's confidence votes. So if the government loses a vote on the speech from the throne, on the budget, on major legislation, or a no-confidence measure, what ends up happening, or motion, what ends up happening is the government is now defeated, and the Prime Minister has to then go to the Governor-General and say, there needs to be an election. And the other issue here, and we were having a discussion in the last half hour about it, is the fact that, you know, people overlook the role that committees play in the House of Commons. And um, when you're in a minority government, the committee makeup is different than it would be if the Liberals had the majority. And we know the committees were a major, major problem for Justin Trudeau in the last House of Commons, the last parliamentary session. And we'll see a repeat of that, won't we? Oh, I, I think there's no question about it. So if Trudeau had been granted a majority government, uh, basically Parliament would be an afterthought. The expectation yeah. would be everything would just go through because a majority of Liberal MPs, we have such strict party discipline in this country, I mean, you know, Liberal MPs would have just supported the Liberals, things would have sailed through. Yeah. And they also would have had a majority of seats on all the committees that scrutinize what's going on with draft bills and legislation. So in this case, though, you know, all the opposition parties are all going to have MPs, uh, except for the Greens, they don't, they're not eligible because they don't have official party status. Uh, they're all going to have representation on these committees, and it's collectively going to exceed the Liberals. So they're going to make life really difficult for the Liberals as they try to move things forward. They tried to in the last one. Do you, do you think we'll get back into the situation where Trudeau just shuts things down and, and goes away? I mean, how can they manage to make it more effective this time around? Well, I think the the thing to keep in mind is hopefully it never reaches that point because there's no need to. When Historically, when prime ministers have, have gone to the resort of proroguing parliament, which means going to the governor general and saying, shut down parliament, I want to restart things, we need a new speech from the throne. Mm-hmm. That's really just kind of like a last resort. And, you know, the reason they were doing that was because of this we charity scandal, yeah. they're investigating things, and Trudeau didn't want them looking at it. Hopefully there's no repeat of anything like that. Um you know, if you're in opposition, if you're one of the opposition parties, I mean, I think it's obviously it's easier for the NDP because they're, they're more aligned with the Liberals and it's it's easier for them to make deals. But um, 
Singh and the NDP did a really nice job of using their position to the maximum benefit that they could. There is opportunity for the other parties in the House to win some concessions from government that they wouldn't even consider under a majority situation, right? That's right. Um, But what we do see historically is minority parliaments end up usually spending more money than they would otherwise. And that's because the possibility of an election arising at any point. It's also because often the Liberals, when they're in a minority, will work with the NDP. And of course, the NDP would look for more spending. So I think that that is one thing to keep in mind is that for those people who like big government and and higher taxes and certainly taxes on the wealthy, uh, minority government can be better than the alternative. And we can see minority governments be extremely effective, right? If you take a look back at Pearson, some of the most formative things that happened in Canadian legislation happened under a minority government, right? Lots of people uh, evoke the 1960s. They say when Lester Pearson was in power, uh, they had minority governments, and so what ended up happening was the Liberals worked with the NDP, and they really set the bedrock for a lot of our social safety net, uh, Canada Pension Plan, uh, even actually things that weren't part of it, uh, you know, student loans, things that weren't part of it, such as uh, the Canadian flag was created in 1965. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing that people don't remember about the 1960s and maybe weren't alive for is there was so much arguing. There were so many many bad, heated debates going on. And so that's one of the things about compromise in politics is, you know, when you, when you have a majority government, you just move things through. But when you have a minority parliament, there's a lot of arguing, and that's because you're trying to reach compromise. Um, do, are, are we moving to a direction where minority governments are going to become the norm in this country, do you think? We're continually seeing them uh, repeat after repeat. I think it's interesting that in uh, 2011, Stephen Harper was going around saying that, that he kept repeating it. We need a strong, uh, conservative majority government. And that's because he was tapping into the fact that Canadians were really frustrated of having three consecutive minority parliaments. After a while, Canadians do get tired of all the bickering, and they do want calm that comes with the majority. So the thing is, though, to keep in mind, I mean, I I keep remarking on this to people, it's kind of astonishing that the Liberals basically got a third of votes of people who voted uh, in this election. I mean, they do not have a very strong mandate in terms of the number of people who support them. So it is something to bear in mind. Okay, so let's uh, wrap this up with what we expect to see in this minority government. How long do you think it will last, and what will we see in the time that it does last? Well, I'm pretty sure that Justin Trudeau is not going to seek an early election anytime soon. Uh, And if, for some reason, the polls were headed the Liberals' way, I suspect they'd try to find some way to introduce a bill in Parliament that all the other opposition parties ganged up on him about, and then he could say, well, it was the opposition who wanted the election, it's not me. Um, So because of that, I think that we're actually probably in it for a while, unless there's a a non-confidence motion that goes forward. Um, Nobody wants an election anytime soon. A lot of people learn their lesson after this one. Minority governments are typically more expensive, right? They are in terms of the spending. So, you know, because you know there could be an election, you're prone to spend money. Yeah. You know, look at it the other way around. Who wants to introduce spending cuts and get everybody all upset knowing that you could have to go to the go to the polls? Usually what we see in a majority government, for example, is the hard decisions get made in the first couple of years. Exactly. And then nice things are said right before the election. Well, now we're always right before election, so it's always about nice things. Yeah, and it all plays out. Uh, great discussion, Alex. Thank you so much for your time this morning. All right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it. That is Alex Marland, who is a professor of political science from Memorial University in Newfoundland. And he's right. You know, the the typical pattern when you have a majority government uh, is all the bad stuff happens in the first two years and then things stabilize and the good things happen in the last two years. So voters don't have that bitter taste in their mouth when they go to the polls.
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.